1: Good evening, and welcome to Beware of Spoilers. I am Adam. I am tired for some reason. I mean, I just sat in a movie theater for an hour and 45 minutes, and I feel like I'm tired for some reason. I'm not entirely sure why that is, but regardless, here I am. Um, I have just seen the—I keep calling it The Consultant, but that's not the name of the movie. It's called The Contractor, Um, and I'm not sure why I keep calling it The Consultant. Um, and it's not good. And it's not one of those, you know, it's one of those movies where it's like you watch it and you're like, on a technical level, there are failings of the, the, the very basic cinematic language that this movie just doesn't operate properly on. Like, here's the thing if I am, um, if, if you're making a movie, um, cinematography is a huge part of it. And one of the major parts of cinematography is camera work. Like, the the camera work can be used in a plethora of ways to create senses of scale, to create senses of continuity, to, like, all of these things that go into, like, you know, making sure that the story is being served on a very basic level is, is, you know, are all key here. And this movie kind of doesn't do any of them in a proper... What the fuck kind of a bumper sticker is that? It's always good to see a bumper sticker that's got a Star of David on it. It's usually something not good is following. Um, I'm trying to read it now. I'm getting to buy this. There is a higher place where it's all good, alright, whatever, it's nothing, it's nothing blatantly anti-Semitic, and there's also a yin-yang, and I don't know what the third symbol, okay, whatever, um, so back to the topic at hand in this movie, um, the camera work is failing on fundamental levels when it comes to utilizing the screen the way you should be. So, like, let's take first off the, the 180 rule. The 180 rule, for those of you who don't know, is that if two people are having a conversation, like, let's say I'm shooting two people talking, um, and then they're having a conversation, they're talking to each other, at each other, next to each other, whatever. You draw a line between the two people. You take, you, you know, an invisible line. You don't have to do a physical line. You should just be able to eyeball it while you're shooting. And that line, you don't cross unless there is a good symbolic or narrative reason to cross that line. And usually, you don't have to cross the line because you can just shoot from the other side of that. Um, so, like, famously, Heat has a scene where they cross the 180 line to for, for dramatic effect, and it works within the confines of the scene. Um, this movie has this kind of, there's a scene very early on where the scene where Chris Pine is being brought into the shenanigans that are, you know, moving the plot along, there that scene, he is it's all over the place. It is and it's disorienting because the characters aren't facing each other on top of that. So like it keeps flipping and it keeps like, you know, it, everyone keeps changing position, and everyone's heads are facing a different direction. Like, what the fuck is going on? And there is no good answer for that, and that's a problem. There's also issues where there's the, the rule of thirds, which is uh, it, it's also a concept of photography, where basically what you want to do is you want to grid the screen into, you know, three columns and three rows, and you kind of want to make sure that you're making the most of all the negative space that you can in the scene. Basically, you don't want vast swaths of the screen to not catch the audience's attention, because if you were to, to consolidate the audience's viewing to a small section of the screen, that's going to attract their attention there. Now, in the very beginning of this movie on two separate occasions we get sequences that violate this rule and it's not a, a thing where it's like you can't violate this rule because it's going to cause a problem like no you can violate the rule if there's a good reason for it but if there's no good reason for it then don't do it like for example the first time is at a funeral um you have um what's it called you have uh, um chris pine is standing over a grave then someone walks over to them. Now, they're scrunched up on the far left side of the screen, and they're talking. The entire right side of the screen is just empty space. Like, a good 60 to 75% of the screen is just dead space, not doing anything. And it's like, well, why not just bring the camera in a little bit closer and, and, and make it so that way they're taking up more of the screen? That's an option. You can do that. Um, then there's a, a sequence where Kiefer Sutherland is talking, and he, like, at one point he's walking away from the camera, and we're watching him walk away from the camera, but it's not he's walking out of the way, um, away from the camera, and walking out of the scene. It's just he's pacing, and you're just watching him talk, and he's walking away from the camera. And you're like, well, why, why do we need to watch him walk away from the camera? Why is that something I need to see? Like, just pan back to, to Chris Pine. Uh, Or cut back to Chris Pine, then cut back to him whenever he is done with his pacing or he's facing the camera again. I don't need to see him, you know, looking at nothing and walking away from me. It it just kind of disorienting and breaks the immersion. Now, and and then again, we get the same thing in that same sequence. He's looking, um, uh, not Chris Pine, um, Kiefer Sutherland, is, you know, he's off to the right side of the screen, uh, to the left side of the screen. Chris Pine is off-camera, and we don't see him. Meanwhile, Kiefer Sutherland's scrunched all the way to the left side of the screen and looking off-camera to the left. And I'm like, well, because the thing is, it's like, naturally, the way we as humans work when we're watching things is we will follow the eyeline of someone on screen. Like, if someone's looking somewhere, we will look to see where they're looking. So naturally, when, when we have Kiefer Sutherland looking off-screen to the left... It's just attracting attention to the fact that he's scrunched up on the left side of the screen for no reason. Then there was also a point where a, um, what's it called? There's a, there's a blood squib at one point that pops before a gunshot. And it's not like the person's far enough away where that could, like, physically happen. Um, we get a lot of sequences where there's a lot of, um, what's i only looking for here? Um, mercenaries who are hired gunmen who are awful at their jobs, um, who get time to line up a shot and just take it poorly, again, major misfire on that. It, it's not good. Like, the only reason that Chris Pine survives the movie is not his skill, which is a failing of the movie. Like, if you're going to do a movie like this, which is a, an action thriller, political thriller, whatever the hell you want to call it, the, the the protagonist should survive through the use of his skills. Chris Pine does not survive this movie because of his skills. It's just one of those things. Like, you know, as you watch the movie, it continually just, there are just decisions upon decisions that just don't make sense. Like, we get flashbacks about, what's it called? There's flashbacks about um, Chris Pine's character's father that don't really amount to anything because his father has nothing to do with the proceedings. It's a little weird that in the current political climate, we have a movie that is a thriller about a conspiracy theory regarding vaccines. Um, it seems a little, like, probably not the movie to make in this moment. And it's one of those things where it's like, now it's easy to dismiss this movie entirely. If You you know, where it's like, look, it's not technically well made. There are points where the sound mixes off and the, the, the score pops in and out at inopportune moments. Um, when, when Chris Pine first gets to Berlin, there's a really awkwardly shot scene that's like... I, I, I mean, if I'm being generous... I would be like, oh, the point of this is to showcase how small the room is. But that's me being super fucking generous with, like, you know, what this does. Because you can do that with a wider shot and have it work. Because it's like, all you see is he's laying on his bed and you see his legs. And it's like, it just looks like the camera was... Like, it, it just looks like what happened was they shot it poorly... And then they didn't have money for reshoots. Like, like they didn't look at the dailies and were like, oh, fuck, we fucked this up, let's redo it. Like, that's what it feels like. It feels like a lot of, like, all right, we have one take to do this, let's do it. But it's a reasonably big movie with a few big stars. Like, Gillian Jacobs is in it, Chris Pine's in it, Kiefer Sutherland's in it. Like, there's a lot of money in this movie to not have reshot these things. Um, It's just not well done on a few levels. It, it, like... And the thing is, too, it's, like, everything that happens in the movie is kind of nonsensical, with very little connective tissue connecting it all together. Um, where it's, like, the... The fact of the matter is, he was hired by... I keep wanting to call him Jack, but that's not his character's name. I think it's Rusty or some bullshit like that. Like, um, Kiefer Sutherland hires Chris Pine and is lying to him the whole time, and it's, like... Uh, The whole thing is just so stupid, because Chris Pine is, like, he's apparently a very decorated army person, but we never find out what he did to get decorated. Like, that's kind of a big, important part of it, you would think. Like, oh, what did he actually do to earn his decorations? Um, You would think that would be an important part of explaining his backstory, but it's not. Um, Like, even a throwaway line, like, oh, you saved all those lives, and da-da-da-da-da-da. Or something like that, but they can't go too deep on it because he is honorably discharged for drug use, uh, for pain management drug use. So it's just a weird thing all around, where it's like, well, you you, you can explain it a little bit better, like moderately better. And it's an hour forty-five the movie, so it's not like it's a it it is a a cow of a, a you know of a movie that like we need to cut down time. And there's a lot of really awkward cuts, and it's not awkward cuts in so much as. You know, like... Like, at one point, it's like he goes to... He's doing surveillance, and he's outside at night. Then it cuts, it's raining. Then it cuts, it's not raining. Then it cuts, it's... And it's like, okay, I get it. You're trying to show that time's passing, but there is a better way to do that with just the day-night cycle and not cutting jarringly from nighttime, not raining, raining, not raining. Like, it's just a weird decision there. Um, Like, it's just... It's bizarre to me. Um, like, the the amount of poor decisions that go into it. Um, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, and then it's like, they, like there, there are times where it's like, we cut to him walking. Cut to him on the street. Cut to him in a train station. Cut to him here. Cut to him here. Cut to him here. And it's like, we don't need to do 12 little cuts to get from one place to one place. You can show me him at one place... And then if you really feel the need to explain to me that how he got there via train, you can show me him getting on the train. But I really don't need to see that either. I'm sorry. I, I understand how, like, transportation works and mobility works. I don't need to see a million little cuts explaining how he's getting point A to point B. It, it's like I'm a, a functioning human being on this planet. I understand how this, like it, it like, things like that. There are times where we see him about to do something... And then it cuts to him walking on the street... Like at one point it's a very jarring cut that happens... Where it's like he's in the hotel room... And he thinks he hears something... And he's sleeping in the tub with the gun... So he gets dressed and he's waiting for someone to come... And then well, he's waiting for someone to come and get him... And then the time comes and he doesn't show up... So he he goes to... Um, like he goes outside and he has the gun with him... it's like oh maybe he got shot... And then it cuts to him in, like, a train station. And it's like, well, what the fuck? What it feels like happened was they they had the train station to shoot stuff. And they just wanted to use the most of it for establishing shots. And it just kind of feels weird. There's also a a weird thing where an innocent bystander gets shot. And for the kind of story they're trying to tell, it's very jarring. um, And it doesn't quite mesh perfectly. It It feels very, like, poorly fit into the scene. Um, where it's, like, okay, well, how is, like, how does this relate to everything else? Where it's, like, you know, and the thing is, too, it's, like, he's standing next to her. And the people are coming at him from a dead stop and start shooting at him. And you you, you can't hit him. Like, it, it's just kind of, you know, ridiculous to me. Um... I don't know. Uh, there's, there's a lot of things in this movie that are just very poorly executed on a very technical level. Um, and it's like, there's small things, and as I said with the Academy Awards, uh, when we were talking about best, uh, what's it called, best editing and all of that, a lot of these categories are very hard to tell when they're very good, but it's very easy to tell when it's done poor poorly. And this is a textbook example of poor sound mixing, poor sound editing, like, because that's the thing, and this movie illustrates the difference between sound editing and sound mixing, because sound mixing is, is, it's like, you know, the blood squib and the, the, the score coming in and out, like, those are very different things, and both of them are fucked up, um, in this movie, like, those two things, um, Uh, You know, editing. Very poor job editing. Very poor job with visual effects. um, Very poor... Like, there's a lot of things here that just very fucked up over the course of the movie. And that's not even getting into the narrative pitfalls of the movie. Where it's like, you know... There's very little explanation given to anything which could work for a movie like this. Where they're trying to be secretive. But at the same time, you do eventually need to, you know break the, you know, break the audience. The audience needs to become in on the plot by the end of the movie. Otherwise, I'm just like, well, what was the point of all that? And look, I get it. It's like, you know, they're trying to, you know... But, like, I'm still confused as to if Kiefer Sutherland was working for a, you know... And I think it's too... It's like, Chris Pine's supposed to be this big decorated guy. And he walks into, like, you know, this guy's garden. And it's like, my first thought is like, oh, okay, he's... he's out of the military and he's joining a militia? Like... That's not what this movie seemed like it was going to be, but here he is, joining this militia. Like, it, it, it's it's kind of bizarre to me, in a lot of ways, that it's like, okay, well, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's not a good movie. It's not. And, and the thing is, too, for me to have called Morbius unwatchable, I feel bad, because at least Morbius, you know, while it has, like, no, Morbius has fucking editing issues, too. Like, but I, I, I will say, Morbius is a better movie than this. Which, when I went into this movie, I was like, well, at least it can't be worse than Morbius. Apparently I was wrong. Because this movie has so many technical failings that it is impossible to watch. And that is a fundamental failing of this movie. So we'll wrap up there for today, and we will discuss... Uh, I don't know. So next week we have... um Sonic the Hedgehog, that's the first movie next week, and then, I feel like there's another movie coming out next week, too, I saw an ad for today, um, I forgot what the other movie is, I I saw a a trailer for it today before this monstrosity, um, but I forgot what it was, that movie is gonna be next week, too, whatever the fuck it was, it wasn't the Northman. it was something else I was really looking forward to too, where I was like, oh, oh, no, it wasn't something I'm looking forward to, it was Ambulance, and I already had jokes for that written, so, that's what I was, you know, Ambulance is next week, too. Then, after that, is the Northman and, um, what's it called, the Northman and, um, fuck, um, Fantastic Beasts, and then we'll see from there. Um, so we'll wrap up there for today, don't see the, the, the contractor, it's not good, He doesn't contract anything. It's not entertaining. It's not well done. So until our next episode, have a great rest of your week.
0: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet.